The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community. I've been thinking a lot about my roots, um, at least in terms of how I got on this path of learning about self-help and spirituality and some of the influences that have really shaped the way that I operate in the world and the things that I talk about to this day. Now, obviously, Dr. Wayne Dyer was a huge influence on that path, but there's someone else that I would like to talk to you about today as well, and her name is Louise Hay. Now, Louise Hay and Dr. Wayne Dyer's paths uh, crossed in the early 2000s. There's a lot of overlap in the kind of work that they were doing and the message that they were bringing to the world, and they basically joined forces for the rest of their lives. And I want to talk to you today about both of them, individually of who they were, what they did, some of the impact that they had, and in what way did they work together. Now, Louise Hay is probably best known for her um, use of the power of positive thinking. She was all about affirmations and helping people to heal their bodies with the power of their mind. She, of course, was the founder of Hay House, a publishing company that is known for being a leader in new thought. And Dr. Wayne Dyer joined that company in the early 2000s. But what about her early life? Where where did she come from? You know, what's, what's Louise's origin story? So I am not an expert on Louise Hay. Um, I am well versed in Dr. Wayne Dyer because he's been such a big teacher for me. But Louise has also made a big impact. And so let's just go over some of the basics. So Louise Hay was born in Los Angeles in October of 1926. Now, her family didn't have a lot of money. She was raised with her mother. Uh, She had a lot of challenges growing up. She was sexually abused by a neighbor when she was 
only five years old. Her mother married a man. Her stepfather was physically abusive to her and her mother for years and years. And she had a lot to overcome. It's not like life was just handed to her and it was beautiful and perfect. And so, of course, you know, when you see somebody whose life looks easy and you think, oh, what do you know about overcoming challenges? But Louise Hay really walked the talk, you know, and she took what she learned throughout her life as really survival mechanisms and teachings that that helped her heal and turn her life around and brought it to us. So she got out of that house. I think she left when she was still a teenager. She got out. She actually went on to be a successful fashion model in New York in the 1950s. So she did quite well for herself. She's a beautiful young woman. Um, it seems like a very different career to then go into publishing, but you know, she had her reasons for it. And I remember her talking about how she went back and helped her mother get out of that bad marriage and bad living situation and, you know, like help her try and heal from all of that, which of course is incredibly challenging. And the struggles didn't really end there. Um, she was married for 14 years and she really thought this was it. And her husband left her for another woman. It must have just been completely devastating. But actually, it was really a rebirth for her because a couple of years after that happened, she discovered some religious teachings that were pretty revolutionary for the time and founded this philosophy that she went on spending the rest of her life sharing with all of us. So the organization that Louise started attending is called the Church of Religious Science. And the founder of religious science, Ernest Holmes, taught that positive thinking could heal the body. She went on to go into their ministerial program. She did a lot of studies for that. She was then working with members of the church um, and giving talks, and she was counseling clients. She would give them affirmations to help them heal whatever was going on in their body. She observed a connection between, you know, psychological and emotional um, scenarios or experiences trauma that would manifest in specific parts in the body. And it was pretty consistent across the board. So she would have things like, you know, if you're having headaches, you can use this affirmation. If you're having, you know, digestive issues, here's an affirmation for you. And she ended up writing out these um, healing techniques that she was using with all of these clients into a little book, which was affectionately known as the Little Blue Book. It was called Heal Your Body. And that was later on changed to You Can Heal Your Life. And that was published in 1976 initially um, as Heal Your Body and then 1984 as You Can Heal Your Life. And that little book, which I think she just, I, I don't know if she printed it herself or she had a printing company just make a few of them so that she could give them to the people she was working with, but they started giving it to their friends and other people and it spread. And she went on to sell millions of copies. She was on the New York Times bestseller list in 2008. And that book is still one that is so popular today. 
So at this point, she's traveling and she's doing workshops. She's a published author. Things had really taken off. And this really set the direction for all the work that she would do from here on out. So yeah, she used to be a model. She's done these other things. She had a, a difficult uh, early life, but she found her mission. She really believed in this. She had a chance to practice this herself in a big way when she was diagnosed in cervical cancer. Now that was about 1977 or 78. And she opted for alternative healing methods, including these positive thinking practices. And she said within about six months that she was healed. She went on to live to the age of 90. So, you know, it seems like she must have been doing something right she was such an inspiration to so many. A few years after the book was published, she ended up on uh, the Oprah Winfrey show and the Phil Donahue show in the exact same week in March of 1988. But that was less about the book that she had written and more about the work that she was doing with people who had been diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. Now, if you know anything about the 80s or you remember back in this time, people were terrified. Like they didn't want to be in the same room with someone who had HIV or AIDS. It was seen as an absolute death sentence. There was so much taboo around um, homosexuality and the transmission of AIDS. And it was just very closed mind thinking and people were scared. But Louise Hay was already in this place where she'd been helping so many people to heal their lives. And I think to her that, you know, this was no different. She was going to help them. She was going to help them. She she welcomed um, these support groups in her own living room and people would come and she would and she would just love them and she would talk about what was possible and there was no other space like this and that's actually the reason why she was invited onto the Oprah show um, which of course then kind of everybody started to know who Louise Hay was because I mean how many viewers did Oprah have even in the 80s uh, I don't even know so many right and these uh, support groups were known as a hayride because her name is Louise Hay, right? And it started out in her living room, but so many people were coming and coming. They were spilling out into the lawn. You know, the groups were growing that eventually they moved to an auditorium in West Hollywood, California. So it just grew and grew. And she wrote uh, the AIDS book, Creating a Positive Approach, based on her experiences with this group. Now, when Hay House Incorporated, the publishing company that she started, began, it was really, again, just a small venture in her living room. And, you know, she would have these books and she would have to mail them out. And I think I remember her saying that for the first two or three years, you know, it really wasn't making any money, but it grew and grew and grew. And I think she was really clear about the mission that she had of the message that she wanted to get out to the public. You know, she's publishing books about positive thinking and wellness and, you know, the body-mind-spirit connection. She had authors like Dr. Wayne Dyer and um, 
Dr. Christian Northrup, and they included all kinds of things about, you know, different things relating to spirituality and angels. And Hay House became really this place that you could go and discover all these authors that were, it's just like the self-help genre just exploded. And it was just amazing. And there were conferences that they were putting on every year called the I Can Do It Conference. I saw Dr. Wayne Dyer at a couple of those. And there, like anybody that you'd see there was just so inspiring and would really just, you know, challenge the way that you thought about things to make your life better. You know, having a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing And Hay House was really it for me. So here's where the crossover happens between Dr. Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay. So now she's started the publishing company. It's grown and grown. They're doing these events and everything. Wayne Dyer had been famous since the 70s when he published Euronius Zones. And then he went on to do a lot of other books, uh, mostly with HarperCollins. And in the early 2000s, he moved over to Hay House and he really brought the spotlight too. So I was one of these people who had been following Dr. Wayne Dyer since the 90s, not since the 70s. I haven't quite been uh, around to follow that long. But I'd been following him for a long time. He was famous for his PBS specials and all the books that he was doing. He had made this shift into spirituality in the 90s. So it wasn't just psychology anymore. But it always had this thread of positive thinking and the power of the mind, which sounds a lot like our lovely Louise Hay. A similar message. And so when Dr. Wayne Dyer joined Hay House, I remember him making an announcement. I remember hearing this. I don't know. Maybe it was one of his visits on the Oprah Winfrey show or I don't know, something he had recorded, maybe one of his lectures. But I remember him making this sort of announcement about he met this lovely woman. Her name was Louise Hay. He really believes in what she's doing and that he's now going to have all his books published from Hay House. So he stayed with Hay House for the rest of his life, which was another, you know, 14, 15 years from the time he joined. And now when Hay House would do these events and these conferences, Dr. Wayne Dyer was often, you know, the big headliner, like the big kahuna, right? You would draw in a lot of people who already knew who he was. He'd been on the Tonight Show so many times. He was on a lot of talk shows. And, uh, you know, he'd already had, he was pretty famous, let's be honest. And so when, when people would come, they would discover new authors, but a lot of them were coming because of Dr. Wayne Dyer. But really, Louise Hay had already done so much incredible work um, establishing not only this company, but you know, the philosophy and the modalities for healing and just really inspiring people. And, and she was known for doing affirmations and mirror work, where you would, you know, go into the mirror every day, which is really hard. Look at yourself and say, I love you. I really, really love you. And what it takes to open your heart and let that in. I mean, she was a master at it. And she just glowed from the inside out. So if you're a Louise Hay fan, 
I'm right there with you. She may not have been the one who led me into this, um, but I just admire all the work that she's done and everybody that she brought together um, with her vision to impact the world. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so what about Dr. Wayne Dyer? who perhaps you're more familiar with if you're following my podcast, and I talk about him a lot, uh, for good reason, of course. But I did speak about Wayne Dyer and went into quite a bit of detail with uh, my interpretation of his origin story, including some of his influences and his early life and the, the teachings that he was studying that helped him kind of form the basis for the what he taught to all of us. But uh, you can find those on my website, NadiaDelaCruz.com, and check out um, those episodes if you want to learn more. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about his life here, too, so we can have it all in one place. And, um, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with uh, a little bit about the two of them. So Wayne Walter Dyer was born in Detroit. In May of 1940, he was the youngest of three boys. He never knew his dad. His father abandoned the family. Uh, nobody ever wanted to talk about him. I think Wayne was the only one who was curious about his father. Uh, his oldest brother, who could actually remember some of them, just didn't want anything to do with him. His mother, I think, was probably um, biting her tongue or didn't have a lot of positive to say about him for good reason. You know, so this was not an easy start. In fact, uh, his mother was um, struggling financially. She didn't have the money to support these three kids. She worked as a candy striper at one point. So she went, um, she put the two youngest boys into an orphanage. So Wayne Dyer lived out, you know, his early years in an orphanage in a series of foster homes with his brother, David, who was the middle brother. And the mother worked really hard to reunite the, the family years later. Um, and she remarried and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, Every time I heard Wayne Dyer talk, he would often talk about his mother with such love and admiration. I remember him talking about meeting with her for her birthday. Now, she lived into her 90s. Um, she actually died just three years before he did. 
And uh, before that, he was talking about how he met her for her birthday and like she got all dressed up and they went out to dinner and he just thought she was the most beautiful thing inside and out. And I just, you know, whatever troubles they had in their early life and, um, you know, maybe they didn't always see eye to eye. It's often that way in families, but he adored his mother. And when she passed away, he was in such tears over it, you know? And he was already in his 70s when his mother died. But there's nothing like losing a parent, right? And it's just beautiful to see that connection that we that he had with her, especially knowing that, you know, his father was absent and, and they did not have an easy go of thing. So Wayne joined the Navy uh, from 1958 to 1962. He got on that boat and pretty much immediately thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> you can see he's a bit of a free thinker, doesn't much like being told what to do. But he made a decision uh, during that time that he was going to go to college and that he wanted to teach. And that's exactly what he did. He went to Wayne State University. They let him in with a provisional approval because his grades were not great from high school. And they're like, well, okay, we'll give you a chance. You, you can come in. And he was so focused. He says, you know, he, he was on time for every class, taking all the notes and everything. And he was noticing the way that the students would get bored with the lectures from the professor. And he had all these ideas about how you could make it fun and do it different and do it better. And when he became a professor, then he did those things. And he had such a captivating speaking style. I think that's one of the reasons why he reached so many. That's one of the reasons why, because it's not just the message that he's giving. You know, we're, we're feeling his energy. And I think that's true with any with any experience, with any person, no matter how personal or how distant, we don't just hear what people say, we feel the energy behind it. And Dr. Wayne Dyer was really on fire about the notion that you could make your life better just by changing your thoughts. And he wanted to teach us how to do that so we didn't have to be a victim to suffering for the rest of our lives, that there was something that we could do. So he's passionate about getting that out. And you could see that. My, my favorite thing is listening to his live lectures. Like no matter what hard time I might be going through or how I'm feeling on a given day, I always light up listening to his lectures because you can just, it's like he's feeding on the energy of the audience and he's just really in the zone when he does that. And that kind of started as a professor of counseling psychology at St. John's University in New York. And he did do some writing there, of course. He published some academic journals and co-wrote textbooks. But his first book that he wrote for general audience was Your Erroneous Sounds. And that was published in 1976. And that manuscript poured out of him in just two weeks of writing uh, by hand on legal pad after he had this experience of forgiving his father. He found his way to his father's grave through a series of synchronistic miracles, really. And he was so mad, he was filled with rage, but some kind of grace came over him. And he said to his father's grave, from now on, I send you love. 
And it unlocked all of this potential and freed him from this sort of prison of his of his own, um, you know, rage. And like he had good reason to feel that way. But he used that story as an example for all of us that, you know, you're only poisoning yourself with your anger and forgiveness is really about making yourself free. So when he did that, his first book, Erroneous Zones, came out. It was published in 1976. You'd think that would be the end of the story, but it's not really because he had a publisher that published that book, but it wasn't doing very well and they weren't doing a lot to market it. And then he was told that they were going to be remaindered, which is where they, they sell off what's left at half price and they don't print anymore. And Wayne really believed in this book, so he walked away. He almost had tenure at the college, which, you know, everybody wants tenure, right? He walked away and took the biggest risk to promote this book that he'd written that he really believed in. He, pi he piled cases of books in the back of his car. He drove around the country. Um, I believe his daughter Skye was with him for some of that time. She's quite young. And he said he would go to every bookstore and every radio station that would have him and just talk to anybody just to try and get the word out. And eventually, you know, uh, <laughs> he ended up on TV. And um, I don't think anybody in his line of work had really done that before, but he knew how to reach people. And he did it so beautifully. Uh, he used to give um, not just talks on PBS, but at Unity Churches and obviously different lectures. He wrote over 40 books. He started out really talking about psychology, but made a shift more into spirituality. But really, I think all of this could be described as self-help. And I think it's so interesting to hear Louise Hay say that when she published her first book, there was no self-help section in the bookstore. So this was really kind of the beginning of that movement. And, and there still are a lot of books, probably more than ever, that we're interested in understanding our psychology and our health and our bodies and really not just leaving it up to some doctor to tell us what should be done. But I think we take more initiative in our health and our well-being and we're understanding perhaps a, a more holistic approach to life, knowing that mind-body-spirit connection and for me, I, I love reading that kind of stuff. I love discovering these authors and new ones all the time. And that's one of the great joys of having this podcast is that I find these incredible authors and, and people with these transformational stories and I get to invite them on and have conversations with them. So definitely stay tuned. I have some great guests coming up this year. Um, I know we're just kind of into that first month of 2024, but I am already thinking ahead um, to the rest of the year, and I'm excited about what's coming. So stick with me. There, There's more to come. So when Dr. Wayne Dyer joined Hay House in 2001, he published books like 10 Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. That's a really great one. Getting in the Gap, The Power of Intention, Inspiration, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Living the Wisdom of the Tao, uh, Excuses Be Gone. He, uh, he did the movie The Shift and uh, another movie, uh, My Greatest Teacher. There's also a book that goes with that. Um, he did so many lectures 
and recordings and videos, and they have some courses that you can still purchase through Hay House. And I highly recommend all of it. Um, there's just so much in there. He even has some children's books that he did called Incredible You, Unstoppable Me, It's Not What You've Got, No Excuses, I Am, and Goodbye Bumps he did with his daughter, Sage. So it's just amazing the way that both of these incredible human beings came together, joined forces, um, reached millions, got their message out to the world. And we discovered so many other authors and speakers and people with just amazing life stories that they shared with us. And so much of that has been saved in books and videos and audio recordings. You can listen to them in podcast form now. And you know, for generations, people are going to have access to that. And people are still discovering all of this. So if you're, if you're new to uh, learning about Louise Hay, you know, you can start with her first book, You Can Heal Your Life. She's got so many others out there. There's a lot of great videos. Um, she also has a website, I believe it is uh, louisehay.com. And you can just learn more about her life and her work. And Dr. Wayne Dyer, of course, we're still talking about him. I'm so passionate about spirituality, which is really fully overlapped with the field of self-help and new thought and, you know, transformational thinking. Um, you know, the power of positive thinking has been something that opened a door for me that made all of this possible. And in good times and in bad, I always come back to these teachings and they can inspire me. So even though Louise Hay and Dr. Wayne Dyer are no longer with us, they continue to enrich our lives and I am forever grateful that. Now, the final note that I really wanted to leave with you about these two is not only were their lives intertwined, uh, but so was their death in a way. So Dr. Wayne Dyer died on August 30th of 2015. He was in Maui. He had come back from doing a tour, a lecture tour in Australia and, you know, had all these plans for all these other things he wanted to do. Everybody said, you know, he looked great. And so it came as a real shock. Now, Louise Hay was, um, you know, quite a bit older than he was, um, but she outlived him. She lived two more years and died on the same date, the same date. So Wayne Dyer died on August 30th, 2015, which is the anniversary of the day that he forgave his father at his grave right before he wrote his first book, Erroneous Zones, the day that he described as the most significant day of his life. And then two years later to the day, August 30th, 2017, Louise Hay, who had been in partnership with Hay House, passed away as well. And I don't think that's a coincidence Dr. Wayne Dyer used to say, nobody dies before it's their time. You know, there is, there is meaning here. There's a message here. And I hope that the work of these great authors 
are going to reach your heart and inspire you to know that you're more than this body. You're more than your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. You're the witness behind the thoughts. I mean, there are miracles happening inside of you and around you at this very moment. You know, either everything is a miracle or nothing is. And I really believe that everything is. The fact that you're here means something. The fact that you're listening to this means something. You can feel good. Life loves you. And I love you. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.